You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Fum and Nick Filato, and today we're going to be doing an NFL Combine preview because the Combine starts next week, and we're going to get to see these guys test, get to see them prove themselves, and it is going to be very exciting as we get our first glimpse at some of these underclassmen and overall a look at some future Giants players. So the way that we're going to go about this, we want to talk about guys that we are looking forward to watching in this year's draft class. The first guy I want to open up with with guys is somebody who I think is going to have one of the best weeks and the best week at his position group. I'm talking about Leo Chanel, the Wisconsin linebacker. So he's about 260 pounds. This is a big, big dude. And the reason why that I think he's going to have himself a really nice week is that this guy is a fantastic athlete. There's a video of him from when he was a freshman hitting around, two, uh, I think it was like 40 reps of 225. And so I want to see if he can possibly maybe break that bench record, but not to mention the fact that he's going to do really well in these movement drills, uh, some of these jumps. I'm hoping that he can run somewhere around 4'6 at 260, which would be fantastic. But Leo Chanel, really, really underrated linebacker in this class, and I think people are going to really be talking about him after he has a, a really, really strong performance at the Combine. Yeah, with Chanel, I kind of want to see how he does in the field drills. Yeah. Can he move in space? Can he open up his hips? Can he can he do the things you need a, a linebacker to do in the modern NFL where it's not all downhill, you know, between the tackles, run thumping, play? Can, you know, can he play in coverage? Can he keep up with tight ends or running backs out of the backfield? That that I think will be very interesting to see with him. Yeah, I would second exactly what Chris said. And if he does, I think that's excellent. Because if you look at some of the other linebackers in this class, everybody talks about Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, Georgia's linebacker, Nicobe Dean. But around the the place where where this linebacker is going to be selected in Leo Chanel, you're looking at a lot of other interesting names like Quay Walker, who is another linebacker from Georgia, excellent movement skills, Damone Clark from LSU, Jojo Doman from Nebraska, who was a little bit more of an overhang defender, Chad Muma from Wyoming. If, if he can keep up with those individuals from an athletic standpoint with his size, then you're considering him around that point. But that's a lot of competition right there in around right. the day two. Christian Harris from Alabama is another quality option. So I hope that he can for his sake. And, and if he doesn't, it might give some teams some reservation. So I think the combine and his overall movement skills are going to be huge for Chanel's draft stock. Yeah, there's not really a lot of first round linebackers this year, but there's a really strong group as we start to get or a decent group as we start to get into day two and, and day three. But that's the big thing for me, like like you guys are saying, is that can he prove himself despite being a heavier, bigger linebacker? Because 260 is pretty heavy for a linebacker. Can he still look as fluid? Because there are going to be reservations of 
do I really want to get this big bulky guy? And I think he moves better than I think people expect, which is which is why he's such an interesting name to pay attention to at the combine. Yeah, and he could also even come in at under 260. Maybe he comes in at right. say 250 or something like that in an in an attempt to show that he can be a more fluid athlete and run better. But speaking of movement skills, my, my guy's actually staying at the linebacker position is Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma. Yeah, he is one of these guys. He is going to put on a show during the measurable portions of the combine on the field drills. He is a fantastic athlete. He can fly around the field. He can open his hips and drop in coverage. He has a actually pretty nice backpedal and transition for a linebacker, a six foot, six one, about two thirty. So he's a a more modern build for a linebacker. He's definitely going to be an off ball linebacker at the NFL level. And he is a lot of fun to watch on tape because he can play the run. He can play he can play in coverage. He gets a lot of work as a blitzer. Yeah, for me, the big question, and it's one we're not really going to get an answer to, is how does he do in the team meetings? Because the problem you see with him on tape is it takes him a, a second or two to process what he sees. And he's got more than enough athleticism to make up that lost time at the at the collegiate level. But can he do it at the NFL level? Or can he develop mentally to the point where he's an instinctive linebacker and doesn't need to see and confirm things before he fires on the ball carrier, wherever that ball carrier may be? Yeah, Azamoa, he's uh, interesting. I also think his teammate, Nick Benito, is very interesting from an mm-hmm. edge perspective in terms of his ability to blow up this combine from an athletic standpoint. Perry on Winfrey, we saw what he did down at the Senior Bowl. I think he can also be in line to have a really good combine as well. I haven't gotten around to Azamoa's tape in order to effectively study him as, a, as much as I would like to. Is he physical, or does he have that whole Brandon Smith thing going on? Oh, no, he's physical. Um, I actually watched him stack and shed a guard at one point, just get right into his chest plate, uh, uncoil his hips, rock the guy back, and blow past him. He can go around linemen. He can also go through them. And, oh, I love it. I love when they uncoil the hips. I oh, love yeah. when that happens, Chris. <laughs> and he's not afraid to hit either. Now, yeah, you love to hear that because, again, just to even expand on other linebackers, I mean, I've been diving into Georgia defensive uh, tape, and they also have Channing Tindall, who's another linebacker who is who is talented. You don't exactly know where he's going to go. Jesse Lucetta from Penn State had a really good senior bowl. He's somebody who aligns at three technique, five technique, four. He aligned everywhere on the Penn State defense. And I also brought up Brandon Smith. If we're just talking about linebackers, Brandon Smith might have the most impressive combine of all of these linebackers from an athletic standpoint. I just don't necessarily trust his instincts. I think he's really raw, and I don't see the physicality behind Brandon Smith. <laughs> you just wish he was a better football player overall, to be honest. But if we're just talking about the underwear Olympics, he's another linebacker to pay attention to. Mm. So Nick, you've uh, you've highlighted one of the guys that you want to talk about here. Who I'm excited about both of these defensive linemen for Georgia, but you wanted to specifically talk about Trevon Walker. Yes. So Devontae Wyatt first. He's was I think top five on Bruce Feldman's freak list, and I expect him to have a really good combine. He had another really good senior bowl. He's a defensive lineman, but Trayvon Walker. He's a defensive lineman, but he's more of an edge rusher, and he's just this pure physical type of speed power edge who can either run through your face from a bull rushing standpoint, or he can go around you. He has solid bend. I would say it's not elite or anything. It's not like Jermaine Johnson or, or Drake Jackson or anything like that, but he's a really 
I would say, I don't want to say raw player because he only has one year of, it's not even full-time experience, but he has one year of solid experience in Georgia's defense. They use a lot of different bodies there to keep a lot of guys fresh. I think there is so much growth potential with this individual who's about six foot five, 275 pounds, and he could do so many different things in terms of setting the edge, in terms of shooting inside, in terms of holding up at the point of attack. If he can develop his pass rushing repertoire a lot, I think he can be something really, really special. And I think we're going to see that at the combine in terms of from his athletic capabilities, what he's going to be able to do from an athletic standpoint, I think is going to really pop out this weekend at the combine. Yeah. uh, Daniel Jeremiah just mocked Trevon Walker to the Giants in the top 10 ahead of guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and David Ojabo. And I really think that that was less about DJ thinking that Walker was a really great fit for the Giants defense, especially this defense with Wink Martindale, and more about him commenting on the type of workout he's expecting Walker to have next week at the Combine. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of blows the doors off. Uh, I would say especially the uh, 40 and the jumps. I'm really curious to see how he bends. You know, does he have the potential to be a seven or nine technique defensive end, or is he more a one gap five technique, kind of like a, a JJ Watt or a, a Leonard Williams type player? Yeah, I, I sincerely hope they keep the uh, some of the newer edge drills, like the hoop run. I think they they also had the figure eight last year. Yeah, they showed some new drills that they hadn't had in combines previously. And I just love to see them because of what they reveal about the prospects. You know, does he, do these guys have the ankle flexibility to be able to keep their feet on the ground while turning a tight corner? Cause that's hugely important for an edge rusher. I mean, look at all the success Von Miller has had basically being able to play parallel to the ground. And, you know, that really does, I think, determine where they fit in a modern defense. Absolutely, because he is an outstanding athlete overall. It's just, can he bend through contact? But when you talk about just somebody who's going to have the potential to convert speed to power and you get him with a good defensive line coach who can really kind of develop his pass rushing plan and and really kind of hone in on the striking ability that he shows on tape, you're talking about just uh, somebody with immense upside. And I'm excited to see what Trayvon Walker can do. In terms of the Giants, I don't think the Giants are going to go in that direction, to be honest, because the Giants need a lot of other things. But I, I get where Daniel Jeremiah is coming from, from mm. the fact that their edge group isn't, I would say, fully developed quite yet. They have Aziz Ojalari, they have Quincy Roche, but – I think the Giants are probably going to be looking at the cornerbacks, the offensive linemen at that position of the draft because this draft offers a lot of options for those two positions. And Walker was, I, I think we can agree, was a bit aggressive at that in the <laughs> top 10. But I mean, still great, great player. I just like kind of like what you were saying, Nick, there's some other positions of need and I think some other guys that, that are going to slot better in the in the top 10 for them to, to take. I, that's the first time, I don't know about you guys, I think it's the first time I've seen Trevon Walker in the top 10. Well, I know Dane Brugler has him ranked, I think, sixth or in the top 10, and he okay. works for the Athletic. He's a very well-respected draft analyst. Now, I haven't done everybody in the in the top you know, first round yet. I don't mm-hmm. know if Walker would fall in the top 10 for me, but I definitely see why he came to that conclusion from an upside right. standpoint specifically. So uh, I want to hit on my second guy, and this is somebody who 
I knew who he was and how good he could be coming into the senior bowl. Thanks to my coverage of FCS football. And, you know, I, I think everyone, every cycle has somebody that they get to feel smug about that. They get to say, I knew this guy first and I I've been banging the table for this guy early. Uh, that guy for me is Christian Watson from North Dakota state. Uh, I know that this guy is a fantastic athlete and we're going to actually get to see some numbers associated with him as a receiver. He looked really good in those one-on-ones. He showed uh, some nice cutting ability despite being a, a taller, longer receiver at six foot four. He looked really, really strong and one was, was one of the best receivers overall at the Senior Bowl. But once we get these testing numbers where he's going to run in the four fours, he's, he's probably going to have some nice jumps. And I really want to see what he continues to develop and show what he's capable of doing in these route running drills. Overall, Christian Watson, probably not going to be a first rounder or maybe not anywhere in round two, but or early round two, rather. I think that Watson, after a good week at the Combine, could really start to create some buzz for himself because this is a really nice, long athlete. You keep getting those comparisons to Tim Patrick, which is a really nice secondary receiver that the Broncos have. I think he's actually their third receiver because of how good, good of a group that they have. But <laughs> Christian Watson... I really like this kid. I, I think that he's going to really, really shine when put in this environment to test. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I I love that pick. Uh, Watson was really impressive at the Senior Bowl. And the thing I think that impressed me the most is how he's able to use his body control and route running to create separation like he is a big athletic dude but he doesn't rely on being big and athletic to get the job done he actually works at the technical aspects of his position and to me when you can do that when you can be a technician and have the physical tools that he has that is that is where good players really do come from. Yeah, it, it's there's more than just being a great athlete in the underwear Olympics. It's be, it's being able to run a precise route, being able to drop your hips and cut sharply, use your route running as a weapon, and use your body size to blo- to box out defensive backs, to put yourself between the ball and the defender, to go up and high point the ball or run past them down the field. And Watson, he can do all of that. And he's going to generate some serious buzz for himself. His game translates well to the NFL. And there's a team that I think will be so interested in Watson. And that is the San Francisco 49ers Mm -hmm. reuniting 
with Trey Lance, and not just for that reason, man, because this guy's a dog blocking down the field. He was used a lot on jet sweeps and reverses. They tried to get the football in space, similar to what the San Francisco 49ers like to do with all their receivers, specifically Debo Samuel, but they did it a lot with Brendan Ayuk in his rookie season. So I, I like that call. And also, Joe, man, if you go back to his – uh, during the senior bowl, there was a, a little video that came out of him releasing off of the line of scrimmage and the bend that that dude has in his lower half. Is, oh, for that height and that weight. It's, it's wildly impressive. I, I think he, and this is a deep receiver class. Some of them are injured, which is unfortunate, specifically Jameson Williams from Alabama, but he still might be a first round pick. I mean, Watson is, he's somebody who could be drafted as early as early day two. Right. Yeah, and, I, and that buzz could really start to build and from what he does at the Combine if he can push himself into that conversation. But there's there's some guys that he's going to have to knock out of the way that have already been on the scene because they play at these Power 5 programs like like a David Bell or you know any of those those guys that come from these bigger programs that, that he's going to have to compete against and show that he, he has the same level of uh, level of talent. Chris, you have a quarterback. That you yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, I had a few guys I thought about. I thought about Derek Stingley because, you know, we didn't really see him last year at cornerback for LSU. I thought about uh, George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia, because he missed most of the year with a torn ACL. How is he doing? He came back for the playoffs, but, you know, how is his athleticism doing? I thought about Jahan Dotson out of Penn State because, you know, we haven't heard a whole lot about him and like you guys have been saying this is a really fluid wide receiver group but then i realized that there's one quarterback we haven't seen yet and that's matt corral out of ole miss i think his entire combine is going to be absolutely vital to his draft stock and it could be maybe the most consequential combine performance of anybody because if he shows out he could vault up into the top 10, be the first quarterback off the board, and maybe make some of these good players drop down to the Giants. You know, first off, his medicals. Yeah. You know, how is his ankle doing after he suffered that sprained ankle in the Sugar Bowl, knocked him out of the game? It looked scary as hell when it happened. Seems like he got lucky, but how is he doing? Then his interviews. Yeah. Can he be an NFL quarterback after playing in that? Basically, nothing but RPO offense at at Ole Miss. Can he digest and recall a you know three paragraph long West Coast offense play? You know, can he make it through a progression read? Yeah, can he diagnose some of these exotic, intricate defenses that guys like Wink, Wink Martindale love to throw at young quarterbacks? And then his on-field stuff. How does he compare as an athlete to Malik Willis? To uh, he's definitely a better athlete than Carson Strong, but you know Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. Uh, how does his arm compare to the other top quarterbacks in this draft class? Can he throw with, throw accurately? Yeah, never mind if the receiver brings the ball down. That doesn't matter at the combine. But can he put the ball where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there? You know, these are just a whole bunch of questions. And since he was an underclassman, he was not eligible for the senior bowl. All the other top quarterbacks in this draft class were there. You know, the NFL got to see all of them 
on the same field and compare them to one another. And yeah, none of them really blew it up and, you know, solidified themselves as the top guy. So maybe that opens the door for Corral or, you know, he hasn't had that opportunity to compete. It basically all comes down to this one workout where they can see him on the same field in the same conditions as everyone else. You know, can he have a good day or does he have an off day? That is going to be a big question for him. So this, I think, is going to be maybe the most fascinating workout to watch. Absolutely. And specifically because nobody really rose to the occasion at the senior bowl. If Matt Corral can separate himself on the field, that's going to work wonders for him. And also I think the interview process is going to be huge, not just from an on-field standpoint, but from an off-field standpoint for Matt Corral, who I know, like, I want to say he was the one who transferred back in like 2017 because didn't he get into a fight with like Wayne Gretzky's kid or something like that transferred (laughs) away from a school. Like he had just like a couple things like that that aren't necessarily deterrents to his personality, but just are questions that I'm sure teams will kind of want to see how he answers them and how he responds. Cause we know how cerebral the quarterback position is and how leadership is a huge thing. And I'm not knocking Matt Corral's leadership whatsoever, but I'm sure teams will want to dig into those things that are off the field in terms of Matt Corral. Now I have a linebacker quote unquote, because the way the combine really separates these guys, they don't have edge as its own thing. So they have basically half the edges with the defensive line group. And then the other half of the edges are with the linebacking group. But I'm going to go with Boye Mafe. So he's an edge from Minnesota who was classified as a linebacker in terms of the combine. And this is somebody who reportedly has like a 40 and a half inch vertical jump, which wow. is insane. And he went down to the combine or he went down to the Reese's senior bowl and he was just kind of beating people off the edge with quick burst. He was showing some bend in his lower half. You go back to the tape, you see him in coverage. He looks pretty fluid in that area. He definitely has the burst off the line of scrimmage, the ability to bend at the top of the pass rushing arc and the overall explosiveness is kind of eye-popping, to be honest. And I think he's one of those guys who can have an excellent combine and kind of vault himself into first-round consideration, possibly. I don't ultimately think he's going to go there because it's a deep edge group. And there's guys like Drake Jackson from USC that he's going to be going against, even different types of body types, like Logan Hall, who's a defensive lineman edge. There's just a lot of different players in that position group that I feel like will ultimately possibly be selected over someone like Boye Mafe, but I think a really good combine could really kind of put him in that area. And when you turn on his tape, it also pops. I just wish he was a little bit better against the run, wish he had a little bit more sand in his ass. And I feel like I say that a lot about some of these guys who are edge rushers in this class. There's a lot of those guys who are, you know, guys who can win with explosiveness, some of them with bend, but may not be the best against the run. But in terms of Mafe, he's competing with a lot of names, man. Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State, Josh Pascal from Kentucky. He's a different type of build, played a lot of four-eye there. Wasn't necessarily that guy who was an edge, but he's another one who's a really, really good athlete. Got Kingsley and Barre from South Carolina, Cameron Thomas from San Diego State, Drake Jackson. So there's just a lot of players. And it, a really good combine can kind of solidify you over those players. And I think Mafe is probably primed to have that combine. I think Majai Sanders from Cincinnati is another player who can have that. I mentioned Pascal before. He can also have that, although he doesn't look like he's overly long, which could definitely hurt him because length is huge in terms of combine testing, in terms of where teams are going to draft you. If you have sub 32 inch arms and you're an edge rusher, I mean, best of luck. You're probably not going to be a, you know, you're probably going to be a day three pick essentially, but we already had Mafe. He measured in, let me pull up his, 
He has 33 and three eighths inch arms. So that's solid. It's not elite. Some of these guys have like 35 and a half. I think D'Angelo Malone has something like that. So I'm looking forward to Mafe. I'm looking forward to Malone as well and what they can do on the field and with their testing numbers. And also just to lay this out before we get out of here, the combine, it's, it's awesome watching these guys kind of athletically trained and everything like that. And it's great for, you know, TV. It's great for us to watch and digest. But the main reason for the combine is the medical checks. It's to get all of these players into one location. So all 32 teams can check them and clear them medically and then give their evaluations to their doctors. So that's going to be huge for all the guys with medical concerns. You brought up Derek Stingley Jr. before Chris. He's huge with that. I'm not even sure if he's testing with the Liz Frank injury that he suffered. He might not be. He might wait till his pro day in optimal conditions, but that foot needs to be checked out. It needs to be evaluated. And that kind of goes with everybody who's going to be at the combine and all the medicals. And that's a lot of players right there. Yeah, it is. that Absolutely. And I think for the guys that are on the field, cause like I am one of those people who loves to watch absurdly athletic people do absurdly athletic things. It's just, that, that's just fun. Like if you get an offensive lineman running a sub five second, 40 yard dash, that's fun. Human beings should not be able to do that, but you are right, Nick. It, it really is about the medicals. It's about the, interviews getting the guys on the board and the on-field workouts they are really just fun it's about checking boxes maybe sending scouts back to the tape hopefully for positive reasons and yeah as you just rattled off the names of all of these really interesting and potentially great edge players this should be a fun combine at least from the on-field workout perspective well, I think that's a good note to wrap us up on as we start to understand the importance of the event. And we've got a lot of interesting things to come from this week and some behind the scenes stuff that we're not going to even really get a glimpse at, like those medicals, like those interviews, as you guys both mentioned. Folks, thanks for tuning in. The NFL Combine starts next week, and we're going to have some great coverage coming your way. Talk to you later, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.